0: You are now tuned in to Discover Your Potential with TV radio talk show hosts Dan Gilman and Anna DeVere. So listen, participate, and be inspired. Know that you can discover your potential. Here they are,
1: Dan and Anna. Welcome to Discover Your Potential. I'm your co-host, Dan Gilman, and I'm here on a very special inaugural episode which I actually pronounced correctly, today uh, with a very, very special guest, Tom Chesser. Tom is truly amazing. I'm really excited to introduce you to him in a couple of minutes. But first, I wanted to introduce you to my very special and amazing co-host, Anna. I am so blessed to be here today with you. And thank you so much. I'm really excited to have you be co-hosting with me on Discover Your Potential.
2: Thank you, Dan. This is exciting. Co-host is a new concept for you. and I'm really excited that you took the plunge because we met a short time ago. Can I tell that story?
1: Absolutely.
2: So this is kind of the power of what I like to call the ripple effect because we were introduced by a mutual friend. And I don't even think I understood the purpose of the phone call. I just wrote Dan Gilman in my day planner. And then uh, I looked you up. Fortunately, I saw that you're a podcaster. I'm a podcaster. And I thought that's what we were going to come together and talk about. Um, I was even out and about in the world, pacing the floor of this little Asian market, picking up popsicles for my kid. And I remember the moment in our conversation, Dan, just a short while ago, where I realized, wow, this guy's probably really good at interviewing. He's a really great listener. And if anybody's ever experienced that in Dan firsthand, you, you, you get the pleasure of someone's full attention, full presence, and it changes you. And it's just a... It's a remarkable thing. I remember being in the store and stopping and realizing this is a moment. And I felt that shift uh, immediately. I think we I think we spent like three hours on the phone and then many, many other miracles erupted from that, including your introduction to me of our guest today, um, Tom Cheshire and I I think we should just stretch this out into our conversation about the ripple effect because what's happened to both of us in our career um, and our now combined careers is kind of extraordinary. I'd love to bring Tom into the conversation and have him talk about the ripple
3: effect.
4: Yeah, you know, it's amazing that you can have an impact on somebody else's life. But first, somebody had to impact your life. It never ceases to amaze me to know the people that have actually, you know, invested in me that's caused this ripple effect, and uh, you know that goes way back as a young person in the church, and a pastor that took me under his wing, and then just basically from that point on, ended up going into the ministry and traveling, and and then I was a youth pastor in Fort Worth, Texas, and I was I was always obligated. I'm not, I'm not I shouldn't say obligated. I was always privileged to be able to write uh, an article in the church bulletin. You know, and every Sunday people would read what I wrote and they loved what I wrote and everything else. And now to the effect that right now that I'm having on the world today to be a contributing writer to over 300 to 600 major media networks and have these articles about people's transformational in their lives reach millions and billions of people out in the world today, I never would have expected it. You know, I actually thought that being in the ministry that I would be pastoring a church and a local congregation and, you know, being four walls. Now it's an unlimited potential when you put your stuff out there and it just ripples and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I mentioned to somebody the other day and we were talking about this subject, the ripple effect. And we were talking about procession and talking about throwing the stone in the water. And then we got to talking about what if you're skipping a rock? You know, what if you're skipping a rock across the water? What kind of effect that's gonna have? So we were skipping the rock, you know, and when you skip the rock, it glades across the water and has an impact as it keeps hitting the water. And eventually the rock will just finally settle in the water and it'll become a great explosion. So, you know you, never know, you never know what impact you're going to have under people's lives. Just like Dan's mother, look at what that's brought us today. Look at the connection from Dan to you and then everything else we're all doing together. It was brought together for a purpose and a reason. Sometimes we not, might not understand how that connectivity works, but I've often compared that to, you know, a star in the sky you know, which is called the North Star. And the North Star is connected to the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper and how that actually, the Little Dipper points upwards to point, to bring power to what it has into the Big Dipper. And the Big Dipper is called the drinking gourd. And it pours back into the universe and actually feeds back into the brightest star in the universe. So I ask people all the time, what's inside the Big Dipper? What actually is the Big Dipper? And, you know, people go, they kind of scratch their head. But I honestly believe it's the power of all the stars that came together to align themselves to make that constellation, to come together. So I often wonder, you know, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are up above the world so high. you know I wanna not just be what people would call a shooting star or the bright star or that kind of thing. I wanna be a part of a constellation that impacts the whole entire world. American natives have said always and believe that when you die, you become a star in the sky and your light and your brightness will illuminate the world. And I think that has a lot of truth to it when you look at what all we're doing together But I just want to be together with other great people so that we can shine and shine and shine and have that effect on mankind.
1: Can you share, um, Tom, can you share a little bit about your early life and how it has influenced your career? I'm just just curious.
4: Well, like I said, as a young person, okay, a, a young person, you know, I grew up really in a very abusive family. My dad was an alcoholic. My mother was an alcoholic. My dad actually tried like three times to kill me. Uh, you know, it was just a very bad time. So I ended up actually being on my own when I was 15 years of age. And so they moved off. I stayed. And at that point in time, I was involved in the church. It was a church in DeRito, Louisiana. I finally established myself in, a, in an area because my dad sold encyclopedias. He traveled all over the world actually all over the nation, I should say. And we went from city to city to city to city. I never really stayed in one place very long. So I would go to school maybe twice, maybe three times in different cities. So it was really hard to connect, you know, because if you're getting in a school and you're in the middle of the deal, they've already got their cliques, they've already got their friends, you're just trying to fit in. So I learned to be able to fit in. I learned adaptability really well. I learned to find out and scope things out and try to figure out where I needed to be and where I needed to go and, and do all that. But at the age of 14, 15 years of age is when I actually started and I got in the church. And at that point in time, uh, my parents had moved off. And I, I actually had been started working ever since I was nine years of age. I had a paper route. I delivered papers. I hauled hay. I did all kinds of fun stuff. But I didn't realize that my life was going to develop enough to where what I'm doing now was going to be so impactful because you don't see the end from the beginning or the beginning to the end until you live through it. So it's all about that progression or that procession of becoming something or somebody. So I ended up marrying my high school sweetheart. We've been married 48 years, lover to death, went to seminary, graduated from seminaries with honors. I traveled for the United Pentecostal Church International, a youth pastor. I taught sign language, interpretation. I did all the stuff. set up deaf ministries. I did all that. Mm-hmm. Assistant pastor, youth pastor. And at one point in my life at that point in time, my wife wanted to have children. And we went through three miscarriages. Oh, it's wow. devastating. And, you know, and so we then we told God, okay, God, you know, maybe we're not meant to have children. Maybe we'll adopt. The minute we said that, we ended up having two kids back to back. Yeah, so two that, daughters yeah. popped into our world. And then it put me in a dilemma because I wasn't making enough money. My wife was working for the health department. I was working full-time as a full-time youth pastor, but the church really couldn't afford to pay me a large salary. understand that. So at that point in time, I got back taxes. I had all kinds of things and I needed to do something. So one of my dear friends that I graduated with in seminary was working for GTE directory company, Yellow Pages. And he said, Tom, just come work here for a little while. I didn't even tell the young people or anybody that I had gotten this job because I didn't, I wouldn't stay there. I thought, well, ended up, matter of fact, I went in there and I cried every day. I went to work for three months, every day, every day, because I thought that I had failed my purpose in life and my ministry and my God that I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be. But I learned very quickly that wasn't true because all of a sudden when I got there, it was an amazing deal because God blessed me so much. I became rookie of the year. I won awards. I won plaques. I won everything. And within a year of my mission, I went to another company and transferred to a company called Southwestern Bell Yellow Pages, which mm-hmm. actually bought AT&T. Uh, years later. But the situation, I was in the top 5% of that company for 25 years. I was selling yellow page advertising, internet, direct mail marketing. I was in the top 5% of the company for 25 years. You see how the the beginning doesn't always come out the way you might think it should or what you had planned. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of lessons of life, that each and every one of us to learn, because the Bible says that your footsteps are ordered by God. It doesn't say you're always going to be in the direction that you thought you needed to go into to do that. Now, with what I do, with Diverse TV and all the major media networks, everybody I represent, all the products and services and motivation, I'm impacting the world telling their story. I'm telling their story. So it's not about me as much. It's about sharing the goodness of what God's created and each and every one of you and each Absolutely. and every one of you that's the power of what i do yeah I, I
1: do? it does um tom i i love your story because it's so impactful and you've uh touched so many lives even though i know you kind of jumpstart you push other people's stories out there but your story is also very powerful um and i'd love to know more about like who who are your role models growing up and. And how have they shaped you as you are today?
4: My two favorite role models are actually ministers and pastors that I served with or served under. You know, Brother George L. Glass, senior, as a 14-year-old child or a kid, I guess, uh, took me underneath his wings, so to speak, because my parents were gone. I was on my own. I shouldn't even have been there, to be honest with you. You know, and in that situation, he saw potential in me, and I worked with the church, worked with him, and we just developed a tight bond. And so even when I got in the, I got the mumps when I was in youth camp and I liked to die. I literally, I was in the hospital. He had to go put me in the hospital and I heard the doctors walk into the room. I was skin and bones and they looked at Brother Glass and they said, I don't think he's going to make it. I don't think he has the strength to survive. And then, of course, then he walked out of the room. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I, mean, I don't know this. I'm sincere when I say this. All of a sudden, an angel walked through the wall into the room and put his hand on me and said that God's not through with me yet. Hmm. And automatically, I got better. And then, you know, and then in that situation. So then Brother Glass and then I had other and then another one by Tom Fred Tenney. Brother Tenny is the one that encouraged me to go into the ministry and then mm-hmm. to go to seminary and, you know, supported me and, you know, back to me in the situation, even though I worked full time when I was going to seminary for the Mississippi School for the Deaf as an interpreter and a counselor, you know, for all those years. And, you know, that but the impact has been mostly my spiritual people that have surrounded me and loved me no matter who I was. They saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. And they saw something in me that was greater than. So those people have instilled in me uh, more of who I am than anybody could ever begin to imagine. That's why I say with each and every one of you, and I I, I say this with all sincerity and truth, but this is a God thing for me. This is what I do, and that's what God called me to do, to do more and do greater things than this. Right. And as long as you keep pushing ahead and then, and then other people have come into my lives, clients of mine, friends of mine, but those people had a shaping in my life at a very young age that set my pace and mm-hmm. set my face like Flint to do what I do today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're the catalyst that, that really, you know, brings people together.
2: Yeah, and I'm, I'm so impressed with your discussion about your the people that shaped you. I mean, everything that we're talking about today is encapsulated in a song that I wrote called Interstellar, which is this thought that we're all part of that solar system, right? The star that we'd like to be, sometimes we feel very dim. And I got to tell you, from the minute that I met you, Tom, through Dan, that sh- that Dan moment galvanized me into knowing I had a lot more to do. And his belief in me launched me into the belief that I deserve to be with a man like you, Tom, that I oh, deserve wow. to have my moment. And I stopped struggling with being that little star, realizing the only thing I needed to shift was that I deserved to be a part of that bigger universe. And and it's, and it's the people that give us the leg, le- the leg up, right? right. You, know, you don't feel like the hero of your own journey until somebody believes in you. And that's the ripple effect to me. Meeting you, Tom, has galvanized my own vision about knowing that we're connected, knowing that God has a bigger purpose, and that's the best thing we can do for one another. We really fill each other with that belief, you know, but you got to do that
4: work and know you're ready. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, the Bible talks about your, your one body, and you can't say to a part of the body you're not important. You know, it's because you're the body of Christ, but you're a believer and you're the priesthood of the belief. I believe so much in what the Bible says about our interaction with other people. And you are a miracle, but you are are also somebody else's miracle. You just got to know how to fit that in with what you're doing. So as your song indicates, you know what I mean? Uh, That is the power of coming together you know what i mean and you're better together than you are apart you can't just do it on your own you're really not an island on your own unless you just basically want to separate from the human race but the god created you to be fearfully and wonderfully made but to interact and to be together with other people that can bring forth the beauty not only of yourself but mm-hmm. of the beauty of other people if i get into a room with dan i know i'm going to shine brighter because dan shines bright I get in a room with you, I know I'm gonna be brilliant because you're brilliant. you know. So in the situation, I just wanna connect myself with enough people out there to where I know that what I'm doing is moving this whole process forward mm-hmm. and serving up humanity because it is all really about the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. It's all about us coming together to serve one purpose and one accord in one mind to move things forward. And that's what my mission on earth is, is just to find the right people to move forward with. Yeah. And you're going to find those. Some are going to come. Some are going to go, right? But yeah. you can count on one thing, that if God connected you to do something else, he meant for that connection to be there. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So me being here today with the two of you is not by accident. It's by sheer design. Yeah coming together with Dan and seeing what Dan has to offer and what he's doing and his superpowers (laughs) is amazing. So I often talk about finding the superhero in you and how that each and everybody everybody loves a superhero. You know, when a superhero is somebody that sees the need, finds the solution, it saves the day. Mm -hmm. And my seven year old grandson taught me that in the backseat of my car you know, here I'm doing what I do. But he asked me one day and he's sitting back there and he said to me, Tom, what superhero would you be? Mm-hmm. And I picked Superman, Clark Kent, Daily Planet, reporter. And I said, Superman. He says, okay, well, superpowers what superpowers would you have? I said, well, I'd be stronger than, um, more powerful than a locomotive, faster than a speeding bull, be able to jump over buildings one bound, laser vision, you know, and I, I pinpointed what Superman and mm-hmm. what his powers were. And I left it at that. And then I turned to Jake and I said, Jake, Oh, the next question he asked was remarkable. And after I tell my superpowers and things like that, he said, Who would you save?
1: Oh, interesting. He
4: said, What would you say? And I said, Oh, the Daily Planet, Lois Lane, Jimmy Nelson, you know, Metropolis, right? And then I turned to Jake and I said, Jake, what super?" I thought I'd catch him. I said, Jake, what superhero would you be? And I think at that point in time, he said, Spider Man. And I said, Okay, I'll go with that. I knew <laughs> That's what, what I, I would have done. Said, oh, yes. Spider Man does. And so he, you know, I'm looking for web shootings, uh, you know, all the stuff that spider senses, all that stuff. So I Mm -hmm. said, Jake, what superpowers would you have? He not only named Spider-Man superpowers, he made up trillions of superpowers. He went off the charts. He tore it loose. And I'm saying, wait a minute, Jake, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. minute. You can't do all that. And he says, yes, I can. Mm -hmm. And I said, Jake, who would you save? And he said, I'd save anybody that's being bullied or picked on or Mm -hmm. mistreated, you know, that needs my help. Anybody out there that needs my help, I would be there for them because I would have everything they need to help them. And that's Mm -hmm. when I started a deal that I call finding the superhero in you Mm -hmm. and the nine steps to finding the superhero in you. Because I believe all of us have superpowers. I believe Mm -hmm. all of us are superheroes. I also believe that all of us have villains and have weaknesses like kryptonite. You know what I mean? They can tear us down. So, what I do occasionally, and I've done this many times at Jake's school, I've been on all the superhero capes. I put them on the curtains, pin them up like it's laundry day hmm. at superhero headquarters. And so, and then I'm dressed up as Clark Kent, Superman, underneath, and I come up there like I'm powerful. And I said, I am Superman. And I told them what I do and everything. And I'm out there, and I just look to those kids sitting out in the audience and i said you're all superheroes you all have superpowers and then i even had them reach over and put the hand on the person next to him and say i would save you Mm -hmm. now the minute that i said villains when i said superman has villains i had teachers dressed up in super in villains costumes i had their with their out and i I loaded them up with nerf guns rapid firing nerf guns and they attacked the stage, and they were shooting off me, bouncing nerf bullets all over my chest, and I was coming through, and I was taking it, and I was unstoppable. <laughs> then all of a sudden, I started getting weaker and weaker and weaker. I went down on one knee. And I cried, I need help. I need help. I need help. I can't. And I said, I need help. Where is my Justice League? I had somebody dressed up as Batman, and Wonder Woman was the principal. They stepped in front of me and took the bullets. Oh, wow. And start bouncing them off of them. And then I start getting stronger. So I tell everybody, you also need somebody else. You need a superhero, whether that Dan was your mother, or that was a teacher, or that was a pastor, or that was a friend, or that was a mentor. You need somebody else to step in there with you, Mm -hmm. right? To take the bullets. And as long as you come together, you are more powerful together than you are apart. I want to tell people today, you know, we all need to come together to make a difference in this world. And that's why Rise Up Radio and Rise Up San Antonio is to inspire, connect and transform the lives of the people that live on our planet or in our city. Yeah, by all of us working together, we can make a difference. That's my podcast show. So thank you guys so much so i'm loving this just i'm enjoying you guys need to talk and and i just want
1: to say one thing sorry Anna. just want to say one thing you mentioned something back you said i just want to comment that there is no coincidence there's no coincidence how we met you know it it happens for a reason everything is is happens for a reason so i just wanted to go back to that sorry
2: And I just want to say it's incredible because when I was a little girl, we had a friend who drew for Marvel and DC Comics. So his name is Alan Weiss. He's a dear friend who lives in Chicago. He's a great friend of my father's. And we've talked about this idea of superheroes. Now, he drew Batman, Spider-Man, Superman, and he still does comics to this day. And I think a lot about what it means to be a superhero. And why does this galvanize kids? Because we all feel the hero's journey. And my superpower is, is also with children like you, Tom, that I want to empower children to understand the best connection to your superpowers comes through your heart. Because all these DC comics and all these wonderful Marvel franchises are speaking to children. So my job on planet Earth is to galvanize people to change the world with empathy and compassion and to connect that superpower to children like you did. You, you framed it perfectly, Tom. You said, "Listen, we're not we're not unto ourselves. We are part of a bigger system, and we need each other. We need the league. We need to connect. We need to make sure that we mesh and honor people." I think it's the most powerful thing your your grandson said was, "I'm here to save anybody that needs me." Boy, kids are here to change the world. But that connection to heart is what I try to do with every project that I that I give towards kids, right? And the kid and all of us, because you could decide. You could decide the hero's journey at 75. It's yeah. not over till it's over, right?
4: Yeah, I hope not. I'm 66. I hope it's not over yet. Okay. Well, they tell me, me they too. want <laughs> me to live till I'm 400 years of age. I don't know. Here you you go. know just keep going. But yeah, you, you're absolutely spot on with what you're saying there because in that situation, when kids were born, they had an imagination that they could do anything, they were unstoppable. It wasn't until they get programmed to be stopped you know and and what we want to do is we want to open up the potential and the potential to discovering everybody you know it's not just my potential it's not just no me knowing who i am i want to discover the potential in everybody i meet mm. so everybody i meet i look for the good things in everybody mm. sometimes i don't always see the good sometimes i'll get the bad but i'm still looking for the good and so it's all about serving humanity you understand and and giving back and that's what I call the kingdom of heaven. That's why I mentioned that, because we are called to that purpose to serve the kingdom of heaven and prosper the way that we're doing this. So it's no accident, you guys are podcasters. It's no accident that you're celebrities. It's no accident that you touch lies. It's because you were set in place. And Dan, I got to go back and talk about your mother a little bit, okay? And the legacy she left in your life to do what you're doing today. You didn't have to follow that footsteps. You didn't have to come in line. You could have been anything else. What motivated you to stay so loyal and to stay so true to the calling that she set up for you?
1: To touch the many lives of many people. That's that's the calling. And she, no matter what, lived by her purpose. No matter how difficult it was, she always just was, you know, just very, very focused on the purpose of continuing to help and touch many lives. I remember when she passed away uh, two years ago now, uh, and I got over 100 phone calls from people that I didn't even know and they said you know we're sorry about your mo- your mother's passing but i just want you to know she touched my life significantly like i can't live without her that's how strong a bond she had with so many people and it was just so kind of gratifying not only just gratifying but just so incredible that how she how she managed to touch all these lives like if she was on a bigger broadcast like we're on where we're touching millions of people. She was more on a local network, but the thousands of people that she touched, it it was just extraordinary.
2: You know, Dan, one of the first things I said to you was, you know, you were telling me about your mother who I never met and you were, you kept introducing yourself as Cindy Gilman's son. And I said, you know what, Dan, I've never met Cindy. I don't know Cindy, but I know you and you are a perfect echo of who she was so all i ever need to know about your mother is through you and i you know i say that boldly because you're now living that purpose and you've aligned with your mom but you're such an individual and i i'm taking this journey with you to remind you every day that you know you're living your potential in your way i know tom feels it too tom tom asked you the same question that i would ask you what is your purpose The the way that you honor your mother is extraordinary and you were a perfect representation of who she
4: was. So Thank you. you're welcome. Yeah, but I love you. I don't know your mother. I never met your mother. I, I didn't know who she was. Heard a lot of good stuff about her. Oh. Uh, the legacy that she left was a legacy. And people say you have to die to leave a legacy. I don't believe that. I believe you're a living yeah. legacy. You need to create a legacy now because that yeah. legacy was going to carry on to, to, in lives forever. So I hope that the footprints that I make, somebody else can follow in. You know, and that they'll be proud to say that I've I've stepped in Tom's footprints, but they're not my footprints. The minute I pass and you step in it, I want you to understand this. The minute I pass and you step in it, whose footprint is it?
1: It's your own. It's yeah, yours. Right. It's
4: Dan Gilman. And it's Dan Gilman filling the shoes. We always talk about filling somebody else's shoes, you know, and you can't right. walk, you can't understand how people feel until you walk in their shoes. You're walking as a perfect example of what you experience through your mother, but you're creating your own footprint. And I am proud to say that I get to meet and follow in that footprint. So as you keep laying the footprints out there, it get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and greater because greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world and greater things in this show you do. If you, if you really looked back on your life and you said, mama, what do you think I'm gonna become? I'll tell you what your mama would have told you. Dan, you're going to become greater than this. Mm-hmm. You're going to do greater things than this. I expect greater out of you, right? She didn't say, I didn't expect less out of you. She right. expect, I expect better out of you. And yeah. you're, you're living up to her legacy, but you're creating so much more. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that. I, I've seen that in what you're doing with Traverse TV. I see that in what you're doing with your shows. I see that as you're going and I'm privileged to uh, walk with you. And that's the other part that we have to understand. We're not walking alone. We're not walking alone. So I want to be with people like Anna and you. Anna, I already adore you. You already know that. Even though I don't even really know you, I've been looking forward to meeting you and working with you and, you know, and that kind of deal. So thanks for the connection. Mm-hmm. But, but the connection that you make creates such a long daisy chain that it really is unbreakable and if you break it then it's remade with something better anyway do you understand that i do that's the power of you and the power of you magnified so i might have told you the story about the calculator did i tell you the story about the calculator
1: no, I don't believe so. Oh,
4: yeah. The story of the calculator is I was I'm a, I was a little rascal when I was in school. I was always one of those kids that would just push the limits. So teacher walked to me. And I was born left handed when I was left handed. They hit me with a ruler and wanted me to change hands. They didn't want me to be left handed. My daddy didn't like that. So he stopped that. But one day a teacher walked up to me and handed me a calculator and she said two times two and she wanted me to put two times two. Well, what's two times two? Well, four, they think, four, okay? So she was wanting to give the answer four. Well, what I did with that calculator, instead of coming to four, I kept hitting the button. Have you ever hit that times button on a calculator and do know the response that you're going to get? You hit that button, you hit that button, you hit. but two times two is a four. Two times two is 72, two times two is 126, two times more. And then she says, and so she turns to me and she says, stop hitting the button, two times two is four. And I kept hitting the button. You know what happens to a calculator when you keep the button? It goes to all nines. After it gets to all nines, you break the calculator. It goes black. You break the calculator. She didn't want me to break her calculator. Mm. So what I tell people all the time is two times two is not four. Two times two can be 3684000 if you don't ever stop hitting the button. So Mm. the theory of that is never become less than the sum
5: Mm -hmm.
4: of what God intended you to be. Never stop hitting the
6: button.
4: Mm. You stop hitting the button, you settle. You settle to whatever sum that you settle on. It could be four and go no more. It could be 64, go no more. You can do whatever you want to do as long as you don't stop hitting the button. And I don't see any of you guys stop hitting the button or you wouldn't be on this show today.
2: Tom, I, wanted to add, I want to talk about something. You hit something really early on in this conversation because you mentioned your family's alcoholism. I mean, I'm going to tell you that I'm a product of a very special couple of young people, my mom and dad, but my dad in particular was a very bright light that burned out very quickly. Um, so I don't, I don't address his mental illness very often, but it compels me to work on mental illness uh, as a legacy, you know, because I think that especially right now um, people don't see themselves as heroic. In fact, it's very hard for them to see the light in the world. They focus a lot more on what is broken about themselves, but I'm here to empower as I know you are to use my story boldly to get, to create that moment of lift because we are much more of a sum, as you say, of our parts, even though they're broken. And by just creating that little wiggle room of light and hope in humanity. I don't feel like I'm here to teach people. I feel like I'm here to say, no matter who you think you are, broken bits and all, you are so much more than you ever understand. If we give that to another human being, we've served a purpose because there are a lot of people that just need a little tiny shaft of hope. It's why I have my angel behind me. We're doing oh, a project, you and I. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a real person because ultimately you are the person that you are waiting for. You are the person that can lift you up by that one little decision. And when you do, you meet people like a Tom Cheshire, a Dan Gilman, a Cindy Gilman, and suddenly you are so much more than you imagine. That's my purpose is to awaken that in young, old. And that's why we're working together, friends.
4: Can't wait. It's, it's so important. I mean, one of the best principles I love is the, the principle of edification. If I only get, I can get edified by edifying others. I don't have to tell my story. I can tell somebody else's story. I can tell Dan's story. I can tell your story. And that's what I do. I represent and use third party validation and major media sites to tell people's story so they can get the attention that they deserve. And you wouldn't believe how many people tell me, well, I don't really know. I don't think I really need that. I don't know if I deserve this. I don't know if I, I'm saying your story matters. Just tell me your story. Share your story. And then all of a sudden, when they read that article and they see themselves for real, they transform. They automatically transform to that person. You know, the two strongest words in the English dictionary is I am. Two strongest words in the Bible are I am. I am that I am. You know, when you say you're somebody, you have to claim it. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. I'm a minister, uh, you know, I have a, when I claim it, I have to step into it. People today don't want to claim who they are sometimes because they really don't want to label themselves. Mm-hmm. But I believe you are so important and so valuable that you are who you are because you're meant to be who you are. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um,
2: it's okay, Tom, you're absolutely right. It's like that quote that says, who are you to play small in the world? You're what? not here to play small. And by the virtue of you being and claiming who you are in that I am statement, you allow other people to, to step into their story and know they could claim something far greater. It's not our, it is, it's, it's our infinite potential that actually scares us. It's the blank page and the creator in us that says, I'm afraid to move forward, but I'm so excited. I just have to say to both of you, you've elevated me in a short amount of time because i was i was living in this junk story that said i don't need to be seen i can support everybody else it's one of the first things i told dan we serve everybody else before we serve ourselves we are not serving our purpose we are not here to be invisible so i'm grateful for both of you to for what you've already done for me and where it goes from here is just incredible i can't wait to share the song with you it's such oh, a oh yeah yeah so so i'll just i'll just wrap that in and that i'm going to prove i'm going to I'm going to put this at the end of this episode. So it's right here on this inaugural special time with both of you. Oh, wow. It's called Interstellar. I wrote it about Neil Armstrong as I was watching the preview for First Man. And I'm watching the realization that some guy got in a tin can and was pretty sure he wasn't coming back. Right. He and, and those other two. And the families knew that that was a possibility. And they couldn't even get life insurance because nobody thought they were coming back. And yet, the people willing to go first, lay it on the line so that we can make that leap. I wrote the song about that. Never met Neil Armstrong. But I'm telling you right now, when I sing it with Cindy Gilman in mind, it changes everything about that song. It's about this ripple effect. And you will hear it next. I will put it out because we don't meet the pe- those heroes face to face, but we are that echo. And something inside makes us strong enough to rise to the moment. Very powerful point. And I can't wait to wow.
4: share that with both you're of you. Yeah. What are you, do? you already got my curiosity up. When am I going to hear this?
2: When you see this recording, you will see it seamlessly oh. added in.
4: Yep. You're going to, you're going to get the full oh. measure, friend. You're going to have to later on. Huh? Okay. I, I mean, I
1: could, I could do wait, do I have the audio for that? I can play it's it for Tom. curiosity I can.
4: marketing, by the way. I, I, can, play,
1: I can play oh. it for Tom on here uh, okay. right now, if you want Tom. Yeah, and then, you, then you can hear it, and then um we can just follow up and and finish the interview. So okay, that would be, yeah, if I you're want if you're up she's for that, you want to she's, cue that up? Yeah, but I just have to say I'm biased, but she's truly amazing. So <laughs> oh, you we'll wow. wait till you hear. Yep, you'll be <laughs> pleasantly surprised.
2: Yeah, you'll see all the themes. I I brought you here for a purpose to talk about the ripple effect. You can cue it up, right? <laughs> I want to talk about this theme about, you know, being connected to heroes. You talk a lot about the Bible, Tom, which I absolutely love. I believe there are stories in the Bible, like I'm the Tower of Babel. You know, the Tower of Babel was not meant to confound it forever. I believe we've been fractured so that we can make the choice to come back together, so that we can make the choice to see those differences as strengths. And this unity model that we're all creating is, is, a, is a piece of that. It's not to be separate, it's to choose wholeness, to choose at one moment, to choose to be a part of each other, and that's a big part of what's happening right now on planet Earth. So thank you for speaking so boldly, my friend, about God. I I want us to
1: see if you can actually hear it. Let me just test it. If not, I have to make a video file. Okay. Can you hear that? No. You cannot hear that. Okay, lovely. Okay, I'm going to have to pass through it. You can keep talking while I do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
4: That's so important because people don't, you know, um, I wasn't always, you know, when I was younger, 14 years and younger, let me say that. I was a little rascal and got in trouble in the whole nine yards. But, you know, one of the best things that I can honestly say is that God sells something to me that he wanted to use and he made that connection. And that's a, it's an amazing story when I tell it, but, uh, so you know, but that's what's entwined in my story. I'm not gonna, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna back down. Whatever I do, because it is, it is what it is. I'm not doing my business. I'm doing his business. I'm about my mm-hmm. father's business. If they, you know, I talk all the time, and I've been interviewed by a lot of people. Uh, Barbara Johnson, who had God's Hookup TV. I don't know if you remember her. I was her last person on her show before she passed away.
3: Mm-hmm. And then, you
4: know, God's Hookup TV, and talking about connections that we make in life that last forever. Mm. And I have that. So I'm not backing down. And that's why I'd like Dame Doria Cordova says, man, she mentioned, I mean, many of you and I'm her PR and I'll get up there and she says, Tom's a minister. And I crack up laughing and I'm thinking, OK, you know, I wasn't really going to bring that up. The fact is, she says, we might not see eye to eye on some things, but we do see eye to eye on a lot of things. And mm. I'm thinking, OK, I don't. Why should I not be who I am? You know what I mean? Because I understand that if I'm all things to all men, I might save some. I don't need to be one. I need to be more than one. Hmm. So I'm not, I, you know, it's in my life. It is my life. That's what I live for. That's what I breathe for. That's my purpose on life. And just to uh, help people see Jesus through me, but see Jesus in you hmm. because you're greater than and you're, you're so fearfully and wonderfully made. It's amazing when I look at people. And that's why I told you guys my prayer every morning and every night is, Lord, lay somebody on my heart and love that soul through me and let me do my part to win that soul to thee.
3: Mm. And
4: it amazes me that every morning when I wake up, God throws another opportunity. Like to be here today is an opportunity. And he just opened up that opportunity. So I don't question God when somebody comes in my path and he's just somebody I need to be with at that point in time. You
2: know. I, I, I get that. Do you know, I know every job I've ever had, even bank, being a bank teller, I used to wake oh. up with some kind of knowing that I had something to say. And then I'd stand in my bank teller window, and I swear to you, people would arrive at my window, and that was who needed to hear that sentiment. And I saw God's hand in it completely. So it doesn't matter if I'm a podcaster talking to millions or one person in a bank. What? I know that's what's going on. That's miracles, right? We know yeah. And whoever's in front of us, we have an opportunity to touch their life. And to yeah. somebody, they're the most important person. Dan, Absolutely. you do that really well. You make sure that everybody feels like the
4: most important person when they're on your show. Amazing. It's, it's amazing. you got the podcasters. You got a platform because you, God wants you to use this platform to do good. That's all I really want to do is do good. You know, Mm. in the world that it can eradicate the bad in the world. And like Dame Doria wants to, you know, eradicate hunger. And we want to set up, you know, everything there is to serve humanity. You know, that spontaneous contribution to do 100% of good for humanity without doing any ecological damage or disadvantage to anyone. That's Bucky Fuller's deal to do good. And that's a recipe for all of us to serve. A greater good.
3: Can you imagine that I stood where you are now? The galaxy is between us and a million years or so. Can you imagine that you're with me While my heart is beating madly As I try to face the fear of the unknown Well, I don't quite understand the way it is I never see the tapestry that's written in the stars. All I can say is I'm the future, and I'm very glad to meet you. I hope that you will join me for the ride. Something inside it makes me strong. Something's been there all along. You say I hear. Though he never knows Where the ripples go Well, I imagine that your throat is now gone dry As the distance grows between you and those You kissed and bid goodbye can you imagine that I'm with you while your heart is beating madly and you take the road so gladly where it goes? And there is something in your courage that remains. It's the tie that binds the folks who never meet here face to face. Can you imagine that you're with me, staring deep into the ocean? The universe that's suddenly less white Something inside it makes me strong Something that's been there all along You say a hero throws a stone Though she never knows Where the ripples go sky with the fever of a child who knows no limits to her dreams. The way you walked upon the moon and one small step became a stone that you skipped for all mankind. Something inside it makes me strong. Something I hold back. She knows.
4: Wow, 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 wow. That is absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> Thank
2: you. Thank yeah. you.
1: Yeah, my multi-talented co-host.
4: Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Next Look time I'll just way. sing. Thank you.
4: <laughs> You're so I sweet. Just, I just came off the road with Jeff Levine. Jeff Levine is the band. Uh, they were doing the Bruce, Bruce and the USA tour yep. in yep. Dallas. And so nice. uh, he, he's a piano player, organ player, but he's also the one that wrote the song, The Solo Ukraine. You can't mm. take solo Ukraine for the concert that's in November. Mm. So we're going to have to get you go on the road with us girl. Love <laughs> it.
2: I got one for that concert. I got beautiful for you and beautiful is well, my legacy you. uh for children everywhere but especially in the Ukraine. You got my heart friend.
4: Yeah. So yeah, so it's amazing, you know, those connections just like I was talking to you about you know, um, I just wrote the article, which is actually called James E. Dixon. If you haven't seen it yet and you read his book, Found, you mm-hmm. um, won't stop. You will not let it go. I mean, this man, this man at 11 years of age, he's an amputee. He lost his leg. You know what I mean? But when he was born, his mom and his grandmama told him he was Superman with kryptonite and they wanted to instill in him and they dressed him up as Superman, a belt buckle of Superman, everything. They wanted to instill in them that he was greater than, you know, and that he was unstoppable. But mm-hmm. the when he was born with that leg, you know, he went through all types of surgeries and everything, couldn't get it corrected. So he ended up in the hospital. And as he's in the hospital, they come in and they tell him, hey, we, and I can't, I don't want to get into all, but he, they tell him, they give him a special bar of soap. They said, this is a special bar of soap. We need you to wash your leg. And he does what? So they went into a surgery and cut the leg off. So when they walked back in, he realized he didn't have a leg. And, you know, but his story of his life, his ministry and everything else uh, is an amazing story. So now there's the movie that was made. There's a comic book that was made of him being a superhero. He has, uh, you know, YouTube video you know, with absolute, absolute Motivation has 460 videos encouraging people. So we're doing this event, and he challenged the pastors of the churches. he told them on the show. He said, just call me up, and I'll come to your city. Mm-hmm. And the pastor out of Chattanooga called him up in five seconds. And now we're going to Chattanooga with 7,000-member congregation, and we're doing an event over there. So you never know where that's going to lead you if you just step into it. Mm. So it's fun. I'd love to have you there, but I understand you might not be able to make it. But uh, mm. James is doing a marvelous work out there, and I wrote the article. I'll send you the article. And then, yeah. So all the people that come in my life seem to be miracle workers and amazing people, you know, that are transforming lives, impacting them all, because that's what God had intended them to be. But he intended it for me to help them get where they needed to go next. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they yeah. look to me. They look to me as their next maker. So I'm doing the deal with Dr. Sir, Dr. James Dentley in Chicago, which is during the nighting ceremony coming up on the, the 10th, I believe, of June. And uh, Alex Stern is there. All my, a lot of my friends are there and have been united now or being come baronesses and barons and doing mm-hmm. wonderful things out there for the order. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's unstoppable when you step into and you keep pushing the limits really seriously.
2: Mm. Well, you've certainly inspired me to meet James. And I hope you'll understand that that's gotten me to think about him with my angel rising project. I would love to include him in that. So you are the connector of connectors, friend. Oh yeah. You are unstoppable. And we, we will gladly walk in your footsteps. We
4: need to connect. I got, I got the plugins. I feel like a telephone operator of the old style Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I'm you
4: not You're making, and I'm still <laughs> to
1: fly. I love here.
2: that. <laughs> you sound a lot better than those online
1: <laughs> I love it. Is there anything that we want to, that you want to, you know, conclude with or tell the audience? Or I mean, I could go on. I would love to have you on again uh, because you're you know very special to us. So.
4: I' really we, I've talked a lot. I would love to hear you guys because I think your stories matter, and I think what you've become and what you're doing right now is going to even be bigger and better. Even coming together on a show as co-host. I think it's gonna be bigger and better. So if you need people to come on your show, I'll connect you some of them are miraculous, amazing people, love and it. you can discover their potential with your potential. And I think combined, it's going to make for great content. And, you know, if you get James, if you get any of the people I know on your show, I think you're going to be uh, wonderfully surprised and it. marveled at their superpowers. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we need to have another show and I need to interview you guys. That'd be my next thing, right?
2: Okay. You're the love promoter it. and we're promoting you. It's a pleasure.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's all about all of us working together. I love it. I love mm. it. How fun yeah. is that? Wow! Oh, it' will it blast! It' will blast. I mean, we do Fridays with Doria, and everybody comes together for that. We do a lot of different things, and I think uh, when they get it, they see you guys are gonna get a kick. They're gonna think, "Wow, man! I didn't even know." Yeah. Well, Tom, who else you? That's what they ask me all the time. Who else you connected to? Mm. Who else can you? And I'm, I'm cracking up, laughing, and some you don't know. I'll show you. And then I bring Dan in, and I bring Annie in, and they fall in <laughs> love with you guys. And then I'm sitting on the back seat while you guys are sitting on the front row and taking the spotlight. But I don't mind the spotlight shining on other people because I do my job. I do my job that way. So thank you for being who you are. Thank you for having me here today and giving me this opportunity to face to face. And um, you guys just keep being who you are. And and I want to ride in there with you. I want to be in there right with you. Let me get on your train.
1: No, it, that's an honor, Tom. That's truly a, appreciate it.
2: Total honor. What a terrific conversation. Thank you, Tom. Uh, <laughs> as, as,
1: as Jody Bear always used to say, ciao, ciao for, now. for now.
4: Ciao for now. <laughs> <laughs> now. Bye-bye now.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Tom.
4: Hello, I'm Dave Kane. I've been a friend of Cindy Gilman's for years. When she retired from her own radio talk show, I had her on as a guest on my show lots of times. I would be amazed as I listened to her telling people things she couldn't possibly know, but somehow she did. And uh, in 2003, our son Nicholas passed in the Station Nightclub fire. The morning after the fire, Nicky's spirit went to Cindy and asked her if she would call his father. She did, and for our family, it was a wonderful, lifelong gift. Thank you, Cindy, for all you've done, not only for us, but but for all the family members you've touched. God bless you. We love you, Cindy.
6: Hi, everyone. This is Lisa Purcell. I think of Cindy all the time. I really do. I think of her every time I hear a bird chirp. Or just last week when I was on my way to one of my son's baseball games. I drove past five deer and Cindy would always tell me what certain animals meant, symbolism behind it, spiritually, and I'd always text her and she'd give me the answer instantly. And it was just this fun sort of, not game, but I guess, I don't know, every time I'd see something, I'd constantly bother her and ask her, what's this mean? And uh, she convinced me to buy the book, Animal Speak. (laughs) The author's last name is Andrews. I can't remember the first name, and I I did, I ordered it. But, um, so every time I hear a bird chirp or there's a gust of wind, she told me that's a spirit as well, or I see some sort of animal, I'm like, what would Cindy say? (laughs) So that's why I really mean it. I think of her all the time. She's with me. I met her in 2017 after my grandmother passed away and she was spot on accurate about everything. We developed an amazing relationship, friendship. I would visit her at her apartment all the time. I would listen to her tapes of her singing back from her New York days. She would um, share with me photographs, gorgeous. She was stunning, gorgeous photographs from her theater days in New York. In fact, she'd share funny stories about the theater and about singing and and about boyfriends back then. One who lived in my hometown across the George Washington Bridge, Fort Lee, New Jersey. So we just had a connection in so many ways. My kids loved her. They helped her. They shoveled snow. They got the snow off her car. She came to their graduation party. I introduced everyone to her as my Jewish mother because that's the name she gave herself. I'm Italian, born in Italy, in fact. And, um we just would talk about all the similarities in our cultures. And so she one day decided, well, I'll just be your Jewish mother. And so (laughs) I loved it from that moment on. I called her my Jewish mother. Sorry, Dan. I shared her with you for the last couple of years. Cindy was amazing. Uh, she helped me out with freelance jobs. Uh, it's because of her that I interviewed certain people for my, in my past life for broadcasting gigs. And um, I'm just thankful that Cindy Gilman was part of my life. I am really grateful because she was a class act and she even put me on her show. It was a riot. Uh, I did that from a baseball game. (laughs) The background noise was awful. She wanted to kill me. I think Dan wanted to kill me, but you know what? A few clips here and there were salvageable and I have them on my phone. And I listen to them all the time just to hear her voice. And um, Cindy, I miss you. I love you. Thank you for everything you've taught me. And I'm blessed to have you part of my story, part of my journey. I'm blessed to have had you as a friend in my life and as a second mother. Love you, Cindy. You're a rock star, always.
0: Hello, Dan Gilman, (laughs) Cindy Gilman. Because I know you're not only watching, you're listening, and you are right by Danny's side all the time. I know it for sure. And if you were with us, you'd say the same. And I'm Ron Hayden. Uh, They say I'm I'm the man of a few hundred voices, not a few thousand voices. But uh, you know, I knew Cindy early on in radio and. You know, it's people like her who really believed in me and inspired me uh, to get into the voiceover business, to just continue to do and use my gift, not go off and just work a nine-to-five. Just go after it and do it, you know. So, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, Arnold, you know, getting pumped up. And, and just inspiring, you know, there's so much that I'm trying to do in my retirement here, and to just inspire so many people. And, and we're trying to keep it
5: all in the family with Archie and Edith, inviting people into our living room, and having some fun and some laughs.
0: Edith, nothing but laughs with you. You are a riot there, Edith.
5: Oh, come on, you guys.
4: How about throwing some crumbs down on the floor for the mouse that's running around underneath the
0: furniture? Okay. <laughs> so there's a, there's the deeper voice of James L. Jones, and then there's the higher voice. And then in between, there are many other voices of wisdom. Hmm, so many. A hmm, few hundred. But it's all about saying thank you today and paying tribute. To the great Cindy Gilman. Right on, Danny. Pick up that ball and run with it, buddy. Much love to all. Thanks.
4: Hi, my name is Cynthia Stern Lynch and I don't even know where to begin to describe the impact that Cindy has had on my life in so
2: many ways. I've known her over 20 years. She became family
6: to me. She was just such an integral part of my life in so many ways. She helped me cope with the death of my father and the death of my
4: son. She helped me with my pets. She helped me just to get through the day sometimes. I cannot begin to tell you how much I miss her. She was so much more than than someone I went to as an
6: appointment. She was a lot more than that in so many ways and I truly miss her.
5: Hi, I'm Ken. Cindy is my sister. You know how people talk about guardian angels? Well, Cindy was mine while she was here alive with us. From the moment I was born, she took it upon herself to be my protector, my defender. Not an easy job for a six-year-old and it wasn't always easy as we got older. But whatever avenue I went down. I always knew she was there for me, supporting me. I don't know if she's part of some divine spirit. Um, I don't have all the answers to those questions, but I do know how much I appreciated the part of my life that she was while she was here with me. She was my daughter's, my firstborn's uh, godmother. And she taught her so much about love and spirituality. I know they loved each other a great deal. And she taught me a lot about what it means to have someone in your life that you can really count on. So, thank you, Cindy. Uh, Love you very much. This is Cindy
3: Gilman, and you're listening to Discover Your Potential. So until next time, do something nice for yourself, but do something nice for someone else. Something about gravity.